Today on The Rock Fight, Justin Hausman and I are in Georgia. We're in canoes. We're wearing weird vests. We're ready to go bow fishing, but there's a chance one of us may not make it to Aintree. It's an outdoor movie review. Deliverance is next. This episode of The Rock Fight is brought to you by Long Weekend Coffee. With four varieties of beans, Long Weekend is the best coffee to start your outdoor adventures every day, not just on the weekend. Head to longweekend.coffee and be sure to enter the promo code ROCK10 for 10% off of your first order. Long Weekend Coffee. More weekend, please. We're also brought to you by Rock Fight. Head to rockfight.co to hear every episode of The Rock Fight. And then later this month, you'll be able to subscribe to our brand new Substack. You'll get exclusive written content from me and others. I'm so excited to expand Rock Fight to be more than a podcast. So stay tuned when that becomes available. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to The Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. I'm Colin True, and joining me today, man, does he have a purdy mouth, it's Justin Hausman! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's that, that happens in that movie, doesn't it? <laughs> I do, in fact, say that line, yep. Well, as you no doubt could tell by the title of this episode, we are back with another outdoor movie review. What makes an outdoor movie review different than any other movie review, you may ask? Well, I'll tell you, Justin and I are not only at the top of the pyramid outdoor enthusiasts, who are, but we also have real lives. And some would say that we're cinephiles, at least to a certain extent. Today, today we're going to Voltron together those two skill sets and watch a movie known for its outdoor elements and determine if that movie makes us want to go outside the highest acclaim an outdoor theme movie can achieve. So, Justin, what is it we're watching today? Well, we watched the little movie called Deliverance. And I realized I don't. I think this was my idea. It was. It? Yes. And I and I don't know what I told you about it in terms of what I had seen and what I hadn't. Did I tell you I'd seen that whole movie? You told me you'd seen the whole movie. My that recollection was, was that I had seen more of it than I actually did. Okay. But like through like you know TNT viewings and stuff like that, right? As a kid on cable, but I didn't remember most of it to be honest. So I, I think it may be the first time I've watched it at all. I, I I realized I'd I'd only watched like the first maybe twenty minutes of it and got really excited because I really enjoyed that. And so I was, I just I guess I thought I'd seen a lot more of that film. <laughs> but yeah, because you told me you're like, oh, it'll definitely make you want to go outside, and I'm not sure if that's well, the be first part. Of it. I mean, that's we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. So, yeah, let's do the synopsis for Deliverance. Is four city dwell city dwelling friends decide to get away from their jobs, wives, and kids for a week of canoeing in rural, rural Georgia. Can't speak. When the men arrive, they are not welcomed oh, by the backwoods locals. <laughs> Those are tough words. Yeah. who stalk the vacationers and savagely savagely attack them in the woods. Reeling from the ambush, the friends attempt to return home, but are surrounded by dangerous rapids and pursued by a madman. It's a bit of an overstatement. Soon their canoe tips, <laughs> their canoe trip turns into a fight for survival. Uh, the movie was released on July 30th, 1972, directed by John Borman, the screenplay by Borman and James Dickey, who also wrote the novel that the movie was based on. Borman uh, also directed the much maligned Exorcist II, The Heretic, the oh. word, the, the considered the worst of the Exorcist films. And but other he, things, right? Because that name is very familiar. He, dude, yeah, he, he directed Excalibur. Wow. Great I've movie. That. I've seen that, but yeah. I couldn't tell you anything about it, but I know I've seen it. That he also probably just deliverance that he's famous for then. He's definitely the most famous for he was he was directing all the way into like to two like about 10 years ago. He was still making movies, but uh he also directed Sean Connery's Zardoz. Have you seen that? Holy you know what I'm smoke. talking about? Yeah, I mean I've tried got like I feel like that's like that movie. Uh what's that? Oh shit, what's the one that they the room or whatever? Like yeah, there's those movies that people that they still show at like movie, you know, at art house theaters sometimes, and like I so I'm like, I need to watch Zardoz. And I don't tried. think you do. <laughs> I don't really get the thrill of that. I mean, it's kind of funny watching Sean Connery run around in a in a, in a Speedo or whatever. Right. I watched I the trailer. I feel like that's all I ever need to watch. I, I mean, I'm friendly with, with various kinds of drugs, and I still don't think it would be helpful. Like, I don't, you have to be on something serious to really enjoy that. But anyway. Deliverance stars John Voight, Burt Reynolds, Ned Beatty, and Ronnie Cox. Shout out to RoboCop and Beverly Hills Cops, uh, Ronnie Cox. Yeah, it was a pretty big hit. Forty six million dollar box office in 1972 on a two million dollar budget. 
And a few notes from production. Uh, James Dickey was a poet. and Deliverance was his first novel. It was released two years earlier uh, in 1970. This was Ned Beatty and Ronnie Cox's first film roles. They were been working actors, but this is the first time they were in a movie. Uh, movie was shot like on location using air quotes, even though the town and river names were fictional. It was made in northern uh, northern Georgia to retain authenticity. Other actors considered for uh, first for Ed, which was John Voight's role, were Gene Hackman, Jack Nicholson and Lee Marvin. Wow. All great choices. Yeah, I, th I could see almost any one of them. Uh, maybe not Nicholson. Job. I think Nicholson could have done well in that role. He would have taken he would have ended up taking over the movie, though, unfortunately. That's true. That's yeah. true. That for uh, Lewis, uh, Burt Reynolds' part, Marlon Brando, <laughs> Charlton Heston, and Donald Sutherland. All would have been better. All would have been better. I think, I think. you think Brando or Sutherland? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, Sutherland, especially. Burt Reynolds is a shitty actor. I mean, like, yeah. The only thing I've ever really liked him in is Boogie Nights. Like, he's, he's not, incredible in Boogie Nights. It's I like, I, I'm not, I mean, I, I haven't seen Smoking the Bandit in a long time, but I, like, you know, it's fun, but yeah. I don't get the Burt Reynolds fascination. Cannonball Run, like that's pretty good, Burt Reynolds. But yeah, and then I uh, didn't really, and, you know, the research I couldn't find like who they were up for, but other actors considered were Robert Redford. Go, go Jeremiah Johnson. I would have been a heavy uh, early seventies for Robert Redford, Henry Fonda, George C. Scott, and Warren Beatty. Billy Redden, who's the banjo playing inbred kid, he also was in Big Fish, Tim Burton's Big Fish. Uh, but apparently, as of two thousand twelve, was working at a Walmart, so no residuals for Deliverance for the banjo kid. Fascinating. That's a yeah. deep dive. And then uh, for the dueling banjo scene, he wore a shirt that concealed a real banjo player because he couldn't actually play the banjo. So that's not him playing. <laughs> Look at those aren't his arms. Those aren't his hands. No, exactly. That's so that that's the movie ma making magic that I really which lost. I mean, with, with so much computer animation these days. That's brilliant. Brilliant, and it's and it's. I mean, no point did that occur to me that wasn't that kid playing. I mean, maybe it's probably the best scene in the movie, right? I mean, right. And of course, Deliverance is made famous famous for its squeal like a pig rape scene, which was controversial for its day and made folks on set uncomfortable. I have controversial. We'll get into it, but that would be controversial today. That was far more alarming and jarring than I expected. Yeah, there's a lot of like you know Burt Reynolds or somebody asking uh, Borman like, "Why are you letting us go on for so long?" <laughs> it just yeah. keeps going, and it's like I, I think that made it even more effective. Um, yeah. Oh, it was super effective, but yeah, whew. it was rough. Mm -hmm. uh, streaming, I couldn't find it for free or meaning on any service. I, I rented it on Apple. It's also available on Amazon Prime. And now let's kind of get into the meat potatoes here. I guess you know first of all, like what were your impressions? Or your overall oh actually first before we get into overall impressions what qualifies this as an outdoor movie worthy of an outdoor oh. movie review so i counted you know we have canoeing we have whitewater we have camping mm -hmm. we have rock climbing uh, a lot of the whitewater scenes were filmed without stunt doubles which i thought that was really cool like it was the actors in the boat yeah, yeah i guess that's true that's pretty odd that's pretty clear yeah. yeah did i miss anything there is there anything that kind of feel like this is a qualifies uh, it i mean i think that and this you know we we joked about how i'd like to read the book and you and you don't <laughs> or you you're not <laughs> interested but um I, I this this felt like a move this felt like a story that really has something to say right like uh I I really enjoy the opening bit where there it's you know so the opening of the film is is uh footage of well it's kind of there's there's a little bit of both there's the river itself and there's also like some some general industrial sort of like shit going on with like I, I think they're already showing like the the construction or whatever that what they're yeah. gonna do to dam up this river um with like a voiceover from from uh Burt Reynolds character Lewis describing you know it's the last wild river and like in the south and we got to do it before it's gone and it sets a tone for what i i mean i we will get into this later I, I presume but like i i still i got to assume that the rape scene is like a ham-fisted attempt to do like man raping nature kind of a vibe because that's 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 where it sort of sets out at the beginning um and to me that's what made me interested in the film to begin with like i sat down to watch it a few months ago when i suggested that we watch it for this yeah and I had watched, you know, the opening. So that, uh, so there's that part, and then basically all the way up to where they're their first night in the river. Mm -hmm. and, and and so, you know, it's great. It starts it starts out with 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 like with the outdoor enthusiast bro convincing his like city slicker friends, hey, let's go do this trip. And you know, most of them don't really want to go except for Ed. And um, uh, it just that part felt real to me, right? Like that I could easily. That's like if I were to try to talk a few guys into going on a trip, that's it would sound like that, you know. Sure, like, yeah. I think that's great, and like it's kind of neat that they had the, the chance to float this river before it was gone. 
Um, and you can sort, you know, that first night up to that first night, they're all, you know, they, they have the experience of like getting way deep in the woods. They have the experience of meeting these absolute yokels, you know, and playing some banjo and like setting up the situation where the cars are going to be shuttled and all this sort of stuff. And that all feels really authentic. That feels, I mean, minus the, minus the banjo scene, but that also, <laughs> that all feels like something that you would have done that you have done that you mm-hmm. could, like that all felt pretty well pretty accurate and then that first night they're all like they're really swept away like they're really like whatever whatever lewis's character thought was going to happen happens in that first that first day and first night you know like they could have gone home that next day and would have been like every fulfilling camping trip you've ever had you know a couple just you and some friends experiencing this beautiful place and, and connecting again with with nature and then kind of reflecting on your piece place in it and that's it you know Everything goes off the rails right after that, of course. But that's where I stopped. That's so the you know, a few months ago, I stopped after that first night. And, yeah. and how could you not? Like that's an odd, that's that's like a that's a great camping movie to that point, you know. And so that I was like, oh, this is wonderful. Like, yeah, there'll be a guy, I guess a guy gets raped in it later. But like I didn't know that it was that they were like on the run from these dudes. Like I had no idea. I thought maybe that right. was a one-off, and then they continue on and maybe they discuss the dam and like what's gonna happen. I didn't I really didn't know the overall plot of the movie, which is what happens when like one little scene like it takes over a whole a whole production like that? Um, just keep going though, like with your love that segue and your impressions. What did you think of the movie that after <laughs> now that it's over, well, you go, I saw the whole thing. I don't know, like it, 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 it just kind of I don't know, like the like that's that there's there's a complicated, they're not complicated. There's there's an interesting <clears throat> there's a lot of interesting ideas at the beginning, whether it's. Let's ha- let's let's have an actual discussion about what it means to lose these places in this country, right? Like that, like that would have been a really interesting thing to just kind of like like go through that thread the whole the whole film. That would have been fine. Um, maybe a deeper dive into like who these guys are, like why they're why they don't do that or why they do do that. Like right. Lewis, at the beginning, Lewis seems rad. By the end, I'm like, this who like is he? Who is this fucking guy? Like he's the biggest whiner of all of them. Ned Beatty gets freaking raped and he whines less than than <laughs> Burt Reynolds does in this movie you know, at a certain point, like literally whining. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just weird. And like, yeah, he seems really off-putting. He seems like a terrible person to like lead a group of anyone to do anything. Uh, but you have no, like, I remember at one point, oh, I guess it's what, I don't know it feels like a spoiler, but when um, Drew or whatever, like they find yeah. Drew dead in the weird world's weirdest body pose, his dead body. Like he's just lounging by that log. Um, yeah, they're like, well, his wife and kids are left. It's like, did they mention that? I mean, maybe he did. Uh, maybe earlier he mentioned yeah. that it's great to be away. But it's like, I don't know. Like, okay, so shit, they had families. That sucks. You know, like, no like explanation of who these people were, which can work just fine if, if you know, in some situations. But it kind of just, you don't really care. Like, I'm far more interested in like, who are these backwoods yokel guys? Like, what are they? Who are 100%. they? 100%. What are they doing? Like, why are they there? Is that their land? Like, is nobody allowed? Are these guys screamingly obvious city slickers and they feel like they can do whatever they want? Is 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 like sexual assault a common thing? Like in the woods, like the, a lot of questions are, are brought up when you meet those guys. Um, but yeah, so I, it feels like it sets up a bunch and then a whole different movie comes after that set, that first night where now it's like kind of a thriller, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's pretty so damn, pretty I'm damn. really, I'm so happy you're saying this. I was really thought that I was going to be the wet blanket on this. And because I'm like, it, it got like, I don't know. I forgot to mention it in the notes. Like I'm like seven Academy Award nominations or a handful of Academy Award nominations. It's so well regarded in like the movie history, like piece of it. The cinephiles love it. But I kept coming back to exactly what you're saying. Like, what is this movie about? You know, yeah. is it a, is it a commentary on class? Right? Is that what the whole like backwoods yokels versus right. the the city slicker you know Atlantean Atlantean guys are are all about? Is is it a reflection on loss? Because at the end, it's like, oh, what have we lost or whatever. To your point, the environmental stuff they set it up at the beginning. The whole premise of going right. You don't it's talk like, about that again. You don't do talk about that again. Like yeah. I, we get no guidance. You're so you mentioned the character. I, like, there's no character development. Every character was kind of thin. I didn't really like uh, Reynolds' character as much as you did from the beginning. I thought he was kind of a blowhard, and like, well, why would anyone well, want to hang out with this guy? For sure, but at least he seemed like I like he seemed like the kind of guy who uh, like goes like backpacking twice and gets really really into it, <laughs> uh, you know. And yes. uh, you know, and and like I don't know, but he seemed kind of totally is that guy. I, I think I think kind of in some ways I identify with him a little bit at the beginning where you're like yeah. most most of my friends aren't like I have friends that are you know into 
camping and stuff. And most of my friends are like, oh, we're going to go somewhere. Well, Justin has all the gear and knows what to do and where to go and how to hike. So he'll do yeah. all the thing and all that. So like, I'm kind of, I've dragged some dudes in places before, you know? And so that, that all seemed like I was on board with them at the beginning, you know? Yeah. I thought he was going to save all their lives. Like I like, did too. Like, when he's like, like oh, this disabled. Guy's a fucking hero. Like this is going to be, he's going to, he's going to like, just, oh, he's going to, well, he well, kind of does like sort of, he does save uh, Ed from, or Drew from potential uh, forced oral sex. But like, right. uh, you know, you just, he seems like he's going to be the savior. Boy. Well, boy. I thought that was the point. I thought they were setting him up at the beginning, beginning to be a little unlikable so that at the end he could be, almost become like the action hero. Like I thought they were going to be like tracking the mountain dudes. Like I, I had no idea. I was just shocked at how this played been, out. That would have been pretty fun. Actually. That would have been great. Right? I just, I just the, 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 thought the, they didn't flesh out the characters enough. I felt like it was just like a, like a one sentence summary, like, I'm Ned Beatty and I'm a well-to-do Southern salesperson and boy, I'm not sure about all this outdoor stuff. And like, that was it. There you go. There's the character. It's like, well, no man. Like who, what's their relationship? Why, why are they with each other? They're all kind of complaining about each other. What like they do, do they work? They don't yeah. work. Are they all like high school friends? Do they work together? Like how does Burt Reynolds have a job? Like, you read the synopsis afterward. It's like for Atlanta businessmen. I'm like really? Yeah. Burt Reynolds is a business. He drives that <laughs> Epic scout. He wears a leather Pink top, like what? What, what job? Oh, we're gonna get that? into that, but I think the book probably does, which is why I want to read well, it. Like, you know? Yeah, you said that. Yeah, so yeah, for the listener, Justin texted me. He's like, I want, I want to read the book, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to spend any more time with this. But then you said like you might get some more information. I'm like, yeah, it's a good point. I probably should go read the book. Maybe all of a sudden it's like, oh, this makes so much more sense now. Yeah, I bet it gets way more into the things that you expect it's gonna get into. I mean, like that that could be an editing thing, like a producer thing, where it's like it's gonna be this big. Well, I mean, well. Yeah, I, I, this, you know, environmentalism is new then, you know, really new. Right, and right. So it's, you know, it's possible that, that the producers are like, nobody wants to hear, listen to this like woo-woo garbage. Like, let's let's have it be like a, like a good old-fashioned um, sexual assault. Well, the the, the class know. conversation, right? I mean, you, especially yeah. you go from the setup of like there's, there's confrontation in the front, which of course you think, I, you know, knowing that there's a rape scene coming, I think it's going to be these guys yeah. with the cars, which, you know, ends up not being that. But then why couldn't you have had like, those guys come back into it and they save the day. I don't know. There's a way, there's a million things you could have done and they didn't really do any of them. I really felt like, and you mentioned it kind of went full thriller. It, I felt like they should have gone full horror movie, right? Mm -hmm. It should have just been like, you know, they dipped their toe into it, but it was just like, why not just make a holy shit, this is terrifying, this thing that's happening in the woods movie. I would have been down for that, but it kind of instead, it was sort of many points where I was kind of like chuckling because I'm like, this is just dumb and ridiculous. Like, or, or like a let's have a movie about a, about legitimate bad things happening to these guys that have nothing to do with like violence uh, perpetuated against them by like, you know. Yeah, it got so gonzo. Like, you're like, what the hell is happening right now? And like they could have, they could have gotten lost. They could have gotten attacked by a, a, a wild boar. Like you know, Burt Reynolds could have broken his leg, which he does, and they could have figured out how to get him out in a different way and not have any of that other part, which like dominate understandably dominates your aware, like your thinking about that film afterward. It's clearly has dominated the cult, like the cultural discussions around Deliverance afterward. But it does like it plays a part. But they sure brush that off pretty damn quick. Yeah, you know, it's like oh. That was probably one of the most horrific scenes I've ever seen in a movie. And yeah. then and then five minutes later, it's not really even discussed anymore, which is might be how it would be in real life. And then right. it doesn't factor in. Like other than them having to deal with the other guy, like it doesn't yep. really factor in at all. It's like that didn't even need to have happened. The only reason I would ever be afraid of getting raped in the backcountry is because of deliverance. So I have right. no idea if this is a thing. Hey, was this a common problem? Is this like, like you know? <laughs> This is going on all the time. Wild. Well, and it doesn't earn its place in the movie. Like, I, there's no, like, reflection. Like, Bobby, I mean, I know that you're only seeing them the next, like, whatever, 72 hours while they're all, even through the police investigation at the end. But, like, where's the moment where they're in that hospital or at the house they end and Bobby breaks down because he's, like, he's gone through this trauma. Again, he they position him as the well-to-do you know, city guy in the backcountry, and then he's the one who ends up getting sexually assaulted on this in this place that he doesn't want to be and then you know 20 minutes later yeah he's cheering when they when when uh, ed kills the other guy but again there's no just oh you need, you need a moment of like you to know, show him like he's got to deal with this he, like you know he's taking in addition to the murder and mayhem he's taking someone else something else with him the rest of the if anything they end the movie on ed they should end it on bobby yeah. Right. 
Like let the poor guy who got raped have his moment. Totally. And you uh, maybe, maybe that's why it feels like a thin, like to me, it felt really thin. Like there's not, me too. there's never a payoff for any, if you, if you like endure a little bit of trauma in the movie, there's not a payoff at the, there's nothing, nothing makes what you've experienced worth it. At so all. I thought I was going to be on here kind of like the only, I thought maybe, you, cause I thought you had seen it before and liked it. So I was like, oh man, I'm going to be the guy who didn't like it. And then I was like, should I, should I have liked it more? So I did a little more research and I went back to, you know, the guy, I went back to Roger Ebert. Right. Because he's active in early 70s. He gave it two and a half stars. He's always bang on. Always. Always. And this is this is the quote. I I pulled this quote uh, from his review because I thought it summed it up. And I think now you're going to be on board with this 100 percent, too. He wrote what the movie totally fails at, however, is its attempt to make some kind of significant statement about its action for all of his six foot four. All of his six feet, four inches and prowess with a bow and arrow. What James Dickey has given us here is a fantasy about violence not a realistic consideration of it. Hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you go, Raj. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, that's yeah. exactly right. And on one hand, I'm glad we did Jeremiah Johnson first because even though like we obviously had some fun poking fun at that, I, I enjoyed watching that movie way more. I thought it was a more successful story oh, to a tell. Better, a much better film. I right. Mean, no question about it. Yeah. And and kind of from the same era. So it's like, you know, I it just kind of like, like, look, here's two different movies from the same era just you know just one worked one just didn't work for me like i and like i guess you know it, i don't know i don't know like there's just some things that just by the end i was just shaking my head going did i miss something like was there a line of dialogue that i should have heard that was going to make this make sense to me but it just didn't let's talk about like the best outdoor moments you actually subbed it up for me I was, it was the day one paddling because if you would end the movie as they're camping I'm like, yeah, let's go on a paddle trip. That looks awesome. Oh, it looks super great. It looks yeah. super. Great. I have no interest in going to that part of the country to go outside, not because of the of the people who live there or anything, but like I would imagine the bugs and the heat and the all that would have been just atrocious to deal with. Yeah, Plus, I, I agree. Extremely biased about outdoor things that don't involve big tall mountains, so it's hard. I, like I'm like, is that really that wilderness? I realize that that's a stupid thing to think, but it's, it's the case, you know. I'm like, so well, you're I'm... ocean or high mountains and nothing yeah. in between. Uh, I'll, I'll make allowances for cool desert stuff, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I it. or like open oaky grasslands. There's something magical and kind of mysterious about that, that to me. But I'm, it's like too it's like they might as well be in Vietnam. Is that supposed to be partially a commentary on Vietnam? I don't know. I think we're giving them too much credit. Were we still damming <laughs> huge rivers in the 70s? I feel like we'd already done that. Yeah, that's a late time to be damming a ma- a major river. I think like there it, was a river that recently had been dammed, and that was part of the inspiration for the book, if I recall. But um, anyway. I sprung this one on you late, but I did have for worst outdoor moments because I feel like you know we got to be got to make sure let's keep the criticism going here. But I put the um, I put the whitewater boat wreck. I felt like when that was happening, I didn't understand why number one why it went on for so long because like you know i've been whitewater rafting and it never is that long 30 feet into the air yeah the right the tumbling over i i I think when any set action set piece and i don't care because i didn't feel this way for any action set piece in jeremiah johnson i don't care how old the movie is or how new the movie is your job is to make sure the viewer always knows where they are in the action yeah and i was so confused (laughs) like i'm like what where are they? Are they? Is this? Did they move down? Are they in a different part of the river? Like they just kept to try to kind of build the drama. So I didn't. I didn't like that, or the uh, the rappel scene. You know, the the climbing rappel scenes. I thought same thing. Like it took him seemingly three hours to climb up like a forty foot cliff or something like that. Yeah. Um. And my honorable mention for worst outdoor moment was Lewis's tarp camping setup because yeah. number one, he you know no 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 sidewalls like to your point about the bugs and he didn't have a blanket. You know, like, are you trying to make him look tough? Like, what's going and, on? That that was going to be mine. Was just the, the the actual setup of their camp was pretty funny. You know, it's it's like I've never been. It was clearly someone who never really had been camping. Did the set design for that? <laughs> it looked like it looked like something you would see in like a Disney, like like Pirates of the Caribbean. If you like came around like a corner and there were like a you know, and there was like, oh, the pirates are camping. That, that's kind of oh, you like, mean like like the ride, the pirates, yeah, the pirates are like, like some lanterns and some like <laughs> stupid like canvas tarps. Right, right and like playing guitar and smiling really big and it's like dark but brightly lit and it's just like what like this it looks awesome but it looks fake you know like there's just it was you know, a yeah a canvas tent that was like rushed to set up 50 years ago when the ride and, debuted you and know honestly like the first thing i remember uh bobby's character or bobby complaining about in the morning is how his bites have bites on them and i'm like yeah dude like look at your fucking setup you know like yeah. like they, not lewis that part right yeah not <laughs> lewis, lewis is a perfect he was good he was fine we need to talk about it <laughs> 
I, I keep bringing it up, but we need to talk about that scene because it was. Fun. You want to talk about that scene? I do want to talk about that. Scene. Let's get it. Well, let's do. Uh, is it? Do you want to do it now? Sure. All I right, mean, go for it. What do you got? You got some. Well, I just like it's that that it almost seems like the movie was based around that scene. Like the mo- like there in some ways in the sense that it's really long. It's yeah. by far the most emotionally uh, like heavy moment. I mean, clearly of all the bad things that happen to them, like it's pretty easy to put yourself into that position and just like Jesus Christ is horrible. I mean, like, I yeah. don't want to get too heavy in the, or, or, or in this, you know, like obviously rape is about as bad as it gets in terms of what you can do to somebody yeah. else. Actually, that scene is really well done. I mean, so they, so they, it's instantly really creepy, you know, like the guy he's touching his face and you're like, Oh, this is gnarly. And like, it does a good job of, of making you feel what it feels like when you're totally powerless. Right. Completely like you know that you're in a situation that you cannot control. You are definitely not as like capable of like fighting these people off as you should be. Like instantly, my heart rate kind of ticked up a little bit. Like as, as soon as that conversation starts, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Like this feels real, you know. And like um, Ed's character kind of trying to talk him, talk him down. Like, "Hey, we're just gonna get out. Hey, what do you guys need from us? Like, what, what do you guys need?" Right, right. The squeal like a pig thing is whatever. Like that's kind of a a, a sort of a cultural touchstone, unfortunately now, but. Um, just like I don't know, I just it was just such a visceral depiction of what that would actually be like, and the helplessness, yeah. and the and and the like shame and the like rage that you must feel toward the assailant. I mean that like that is by far the most well done piece of this film, and is also mm-hmm. <clears throat> absolutely one of the most scary scenes I've ever seen in any movie, mm-hmm. like ever, like no question about it. Because um, it felt plausible when you're watching it. Plausible and it yeah. felt like in a way that like a ghost or or some horrific like demon thing from some like supernatural paranormal film can be scary, but it's never going to be like real. Right. Like you can feel what this is like. Um, yeah. That, that, that was absolutely well done and really, really like there's a reason that's a famous scene. No, I, I think they, you know, they doing some research on it. Apparently, like it, it, it went on. Borman wanted it to go on long on purpose, even though people were saying, why are you letting it go on so long? It definitely made it more effective. You know, my my only, you know, the only downside to me is just then how it was handled afterwards. I just, I feel like it, with the attentions shifting to Ed and not really coming back to Bobby all that much. It would have been felt- cooler if Bobby been the one who kind of... uh Hold it together because like he kind of gets them out and it's like, well, Bobby deserved that way more than I think he did. And that's kind of. Well, I don't know. I felt like it was it was it was important because if you've never seen it, you're going to be wondering about that scene. And uh, it is probably the best part of the movie on a technical level. Yes, I agree. But I would I never would want to watch that again ever. That like will haunt me a little bit. For, for like going forward for a little bit. No, not this is definitely not a rewatchable film. I think, it, you know, if anything, it'd be like, I don't know, I might go back and like watch a scene or two on YouTube, but I won't watch that again. I'm good. You know, I think that was, uh, it was effective and it, and it got the job done. I did feel like there were a lot of moments in the movie that felt a little like a student film, kind of like yes ending. Mm. And I, there were even moments leading up to and after the, that scene. Um, but if you just shine a light on that about, yeah, well done. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely like you, you got the emotion out of me. I think even though I knew what was coming, I've heard sound clips. I've, I've known about it. I, to your point, the heart rate was up. I knew, you know, even I think that would have happened even if I didn't know what was coming. Yeah. You know, oh, it was just, sure. yeah. it was yeah. just really well done. So, uh, best use of outdoor gear, footwear, or apparel. Um, my first one was, you know, wool long underwear in the South, which I found very funny to see Ed had on like underneath all of the shit. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the boats were dope. I like, except for the wood one that like breaks, got shattered, which was clearly. Oh, let's make one out of balsa for fun for the scene. I mean, like, yeah. that would a wood boat would never have broken in that situation. But um, yeah, the, I, yeah mean, I wrote but, down. It just made me want to buy a canoe. I'm like, I yeah. should have a canoe. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just yesterday I was helping my neighbor um in his yard, and he has like an old town canoe. And I, and I it's like the day after I saw a Deliverance, and I looked at it, I'm like, oh man, that'd be great. I have yeah. no. Order on here but that would be really fun i'd love to do that i mean it does, like there are parts of it where you're like this would be this would be really fun i mean the canoe trip thing would be in a place like if i think if i think like a float trip i immediately think of the southwest you know like doing something right like, you know whatever but it would be interesting to do it in appalachia for sure is this the best the all-time best bow and arrow movie i don't know that's a good question wow interesting i don't i'm not a bow and arrow guy even though i do have an i'd rather be bow hunting uh license plate frame on my truck 
I don't. Yeah, maybe. I mean, does it have to be like Lord of the Rings or something like that? I mean, does that's it... what I'm wondering. Like they're like they're. I I would actually that would be. A, we should we should actually like do like a like a I don't know like a like a gear specific piece of. Is it like a, it's not really a genre, but it's kind of a genre, you know. Like right. what's the best bow and arrow movie. If like, you take out fantasy or like <laughs> Robin Hood films and stuff yeah. like that, like take out like you know Crusades, Middle Ages level where the bow and arrow was the peak of weaponry. Yeah. What's the best bow and arrow film? Yeah, I mean it, it does play a pretty big role. Like it's it's cool. Like you draw. Uh, I'm always I always I always like I know that people actually go bow fishing. I think that's what it's called. It's to me it's like the funniest thing in the world. Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'd like get a fishing pole or whatever. <laughs> or like I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's easier. I've never tried it, but it's just funny to me. There are certain things that are like ostentatiously outdoor, like I'm I'm gonna do this, where it's like you know, yeah. there's gotta be easier ways to do that. You just want to look cool, and that's what that one is to me. Well, it's a perfect segue into outdoor lessons learned from deliverance. And one of my had was fishing hooks are fishing hooks are overrated as long as you have a bow and arrow. As long as you have yes, uh-huh. There's certain times when innovations come about, and it's like I get what you're going for there, but then they don't catch on because this other way is just like been proved proven over time of memoriam to be better, right? I mean, just like fishing hooks work, guy. You know, we yeah. we know this. Other lessons learned: incredibly exhausting things require little food and uh, little water and no food. I don't think I saw them eat a single thing. Maybe, maybe, oh, maybe during the that. first campsite. No, I don't believe so. And they were exhausted and they really struggling. They, have, they were. They had some beers, I think, with them on that first night. Maybe, right? They did a little liquor. Yeah, a little liquor there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Lewis doesn't drink. We learned that Lewis doesn't drink. Uh, a dead body makes a perfect anchor for a rappel. We learned that from this movie. <laughs> that was awesome. That actually was that, okay. That was actually pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, well, because it's funny when he's lowering the body down, I'm like, why what are you, you taking care of this? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and then anytime you can, that out, by the way, there's absolutely no way that that character would have been like, oh, you know what we can do is, is like use the body as an anchor here. Like that never, at no point did they seem that clever. He wasn't all. thinking that rationally at that point oh. either. Right. You know, here's what I'm going to do when I'm after I kill the guy. Yeah. The first, <laughs> I, I just killed a person who and yesterday or earlier today i don't even know how much time had passed like i i was nearly raped while my friend was raped in front of me but i've got this I'm, it's I'm, cool I'm, i haven't I, eaten in 48 hours but it's okay <laughs> uh and anytime you can walk in the water in cotton clothes you simply have to do it what the fuck hollywood i Just... actually heard that, i heard that somebody else talking about this recently and i was like thank you like for god's sake stop it stop doing this no one does that Right. Was trench foot not a thing in the 70s? You're in the South. It's humid. It's wet. And you're just charging into the water right. with your khaki oh, pants and boots on. The only apparently the only clothes they have. So lingering questions and nitpicks. We got to we got to talk about Bert's vest. What the fuck is with Bert's vest? What is, is he wearing? Is that is, is, is it, it what was it? Does it do anything? Like, does he have pockets yeah. in it? I don't know. It, it looked like, it looked was it like a wetsuit. It looked like a neoprene wetsuit jacket. It probably was a neoprene wetsuit jacket. Yeah, I, I just I couldn't get past it as from a gear person even then like everybody even like we're making fun of them going in the water with cotton on but no one else was wearing anything that i was really questioning even the wool underwear I just, that was more the era right i mean i, I you, exactly. were, you, you would just bring that if yeah you have, have no choice the the scout the scout was cool i mean his car was cool well okay there you go good my next one was why did Bert's truck have so much play in the steering wheel he's driving that thing and he's going like this like well, side. is that the not, truck or was that like fake driving well, it was fake driving, but I mean, that, that I can see that I can easily see that being the case back then. Yeah, for sure. Although it would have had no power steering, which means there's like a one, like everything you feel in the steering. So I don't know, but. Well, you he was also going like 85 down these backwoods roads, you know. It just was, a, I mean, that, that <laughs> the truck was cool. I also just love the like absolute trust. Hey, these guys will just drive our vehicles over to this other place. Yeah, and they paid him up front. How about those guys? Like, thanks for the 30 bucks or 40 bucks. I'm going to. Such uh... a dad at the beginning. He's such like, he like the way he would like, these guys will take our car. He like practically like balled his fists up on his like, like look out. So arrogant. Right. And like. Well, Burt Reynolds, man. That's who he is. That's who you're getting. If you, if you sign Burt Reynolds on. Then we'll do it for 50. He's like, you're out of your mind for 50. What was the other car? Like some bullshit station wagon. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, Ronnie Cox getting out of the car with the guitar already linked like over his shoulder. Like, were you in the front seat of the guitar? Like, I, I mean, like the head of the guitar would be like hitting the driver in the face. Like, what, what's what, what was Drew's deal? Like, what was his like? Was he like a teacher? Like, well, I don't remember his, like anything about his character. 
I mean, yeah, he's just the nerdy one of the group. He's another stereotype. I, I, the whole, let's talk about Drew for a second because the whole Drew was shot thing was weird. Wait, well, with, he falls yeah, out of the boat, the right? I, yeah. and I, I assume that he fell out of the boat because he was like traumatized from what they had just done. Oh. And he was just like so overwhelmed and he falls out of the boat. And like he was shot, he was shot. And then later they're like, there was no sign of a gunshot wound. But then it's like, if he wasn't shot, well, then how convenient is it that the other hillbillies on top of the cloud, they know anyone was up there. They just assumed that someone was up there because they think I thought, Drew got I shot. Honestly, I thought they were just assuming that somebody was up there. But how... I forgot that. They, I forgot. You're right. They say that he got that he was shot. And the fact yeah. that the Wikipedia synopsis is like and their buddy Drew is killed by getting shot. Yeah, totally. So that was weird. But he's um, all broken and messed up when they find him. Like it makes it seem like he just died from like. Do you think that was a day on set when Ronnie Cox like, "Hey, look what I can do with my arm," and Borman's like, "Hey, do that, do that when you're in for sure." I'm double jointed. My shoulder's double jointed. Oh, that will look real. That'll look great. That was so odd when they found him. They're just like, mm, "Look at him." Well, I still don't know why he had to kind of sink him to the bottom of the river. I mean, you could just say that he fell out during the wreck and, and drowned and you would take his body out. Like, why? Weird. Yeah, they're just like, well, we can't possibly bring this along. <laughs> right. The guy the guy who was protesting burying the hillbilly is dead. So you're, you don't even have to mention the hillbilly. Like, my friend died. Oh, my God. Like, here he is. Here's his body. We got to take him back to his wife. I, I, that was weird. The problem with movies like that, too, is that, like, the what, all of that, of course, is interesting. Everything that happens in the, in the movie, these guys are interesting. But the truly interesting part is, like, what happens afterward? <laughs> like, like a, Yeah, right, right, right. How do, they, how do they how do they deal with, like, it's not like his wife is going to be like, oh, well, this local sheriff said there was nothing weird. Well, I guess that's that. He dropped, like. There's so much shit that would have gone on afterward. And like, how does, how does Bobby's character go make it take another step in his life after that? Like, I want to know, I want to see him like try to like go back to his bullshit job selling paper or whatever the hell they're doing in Atlanta. You know, like, okay, so apparently Lewis had like an actual job. Let's see him at his office. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see this guy. That's right. But did he survive? I don't even remember. Lewis, well, they said he could lose his leg, but he did. And oh, that was the, the one thing, the one redeeming thing was that, like, he's just like, I don't remember anything, right? So whatever you told the cops, he's just going to be like, I don't remember anything. Wink. I don't remember yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. That was probably the best Reynolds moment of the movie right there. Channeling what? a little. I don't get that. I do not get Burt Reynolds' fame. I've never yeah. understood it. And, like, I don't. Well, I, okay. After this film. He's not, th- not, he's not like he's particularly handsome. He's just a dude. Have you seen The Longest Yard? Yeah, but like in when I was like eight, he's good in that. I'll give him that one. All right. So it's not his fault. This is I shouldn't he like scorn upon him. I imagine the script sucked. The script obviously sucked. So he did what he could do. I guess uh, last thing, well, last couple of things before we get to the big one is number one. I for best quote, I just wrote, I wrote for uh, you ever you ever have your balls cut off, you fucking ape? Like that was like. And the boy, I said that. Cr- what, what is that in reference? Like, to? The rapist guy said, "I know." You ever like, had your balls cut off, you fucking? Actually, yes, I did. Uh, I'm not looking forward to having it happen again. It's a funny story, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, cracked me up. Uh, But it was such a heightened moment that it didn't really occur to me until later when I was looking at quotes. I'm like, that's a really weird quote. That's a weird quote. I don't have any. All right, big, big moment here. Does this movie make you want to go outside? What's your answer? It does. does. I mean, it makes you want to go on a canoe trip. I mean, sure, it does. Even Even all the shortcomings. Yeah, it does. Yeah, was, hard no for me. I, I think yeah. this movie, the first half it did, it, 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 it kind of highlighted by the end all the feelings I'm having when I'm ready for an outdoor experience to end. When you're in that, like, how much more, <laughs> how much further do we have to go? You know, when you're in that yeah. zone, when you're like, all you want is the burger and beer and the drive home and take a shower at the end of the day. And like, I can see that. I think the beginning was enough of like, a, isn't this great that we can do this at all? Kind of a thing where, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's, it's as much. Again, it's like Jeremiah Johnson. Not until the hospital, nothing takes place indoors, <laughs> right? It's true. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's, it's about like not that that's what qualifies it as an outdoor movie, but I mean, like it's you know, it's very much an outdoors film. And I always yes. say that yes, you know, like even if it's bad and even if horrible things are happening to people, like there's still a part of my brain that's like, well, oh, that looks like fun. Like I'd like to be doing that that part. So yeah, it makes me want to go outside. Yeah, it went too far away from that first third, the first act of the movie where you're like, oh, this is great. And by the time the end came, I was like, I was ready for the adventure to be over. Uh, yeah. I was ready to be putting on the clean shirt. Mm-hmm. versus the um like you mentioned like you know funny thing like like first blood's a weird one where it's like such that is such a commentary on something but yeah. then he's still running around the woods 
And even though he's being chased by the cops, you end that movie going, hey, I kind of want to go run around the woods like John I, Rambo, right? Yeah, that's so, a good, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. I you're 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 probably you're right, but there we I, are. No, it's I, how you feel. That's how I feel. Yeah. All right. Well, well, I do think we need to start a letterboxed account and we start kind of keeping track of uh, what we watch and uh, and 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 then the thumbs up, thumbs down, kind of like, you totally. know, you say yes to this one. I say no. I you know. do think, though, like, I think you should probably watch Deliverance. Like, if you've never seen it, you should watch it. I mean, it's a, it, it, it's a famous movie for a reason. And, like, yeah. I didn't particularly enjoy it, but I do think that you should watch it. You know, I watched it kind of in chunks because um, I was going to get I had a lot going on this week. Uh, and I'm like, actually, I'm glad I did it that way. Like, I probably like three different sittings. And, um, but yeah, I agree. It, it's just, again, it's one of those movies you have to see it because mm-hmm. if nothing else, it's a movie that's referred to that has famous people in it that had a some sort of impact on cinema. Uh, so well, outdoors aside, like you should watch it. And we should, you know, I, I do think that it's worth mentioning that you know this is like the environmental movement is brand new, like like brand shiny new. If it's even a movement yet, when this movie's made, so like that they're even like that they're even. Even even though they fumble it and don't really do much with it, like the fact that the beginnings is even like reconciling with like what's going on in the country in terms of destroying wilderness and like, hey, maybe we shouldn't. Like that's that's a pretty bold right. like, new thing. And so I'm glad that they were at least like it's kind of neat to see in like a window into that. Oh, that so at, at this point in the 70s, enough people are thinking about this that like movies and books are being made and written about it. I mean, that's cool. I mean, like Silent Spring, I think, was published like God like five years before this movie came out or something. Yeah. Like, it's been really new to, to a lot of people, even thinking about this sort of thing. So that's that's kind of neat. Yeah, I think this movie actually had a lot to say. It just did a really bad job saying it. It had and a lot to say, of... and it just didn't say any of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, 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 that's really what, that's, that's you know, it, it needed to pick what it was going to do. Are you going to be like a movie that's like a commentary on the environment, or are you going to be this like wild backwoods, like, you know, adventure thriller thing? And it didn't. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's deliverance. Let's uh, we'll take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to do Tales from the Trail. Tales from the Trail, your new favorite segment from the Rock Fight is brought to you by GearTrade. Since 1999, GearTrade.com has been your go to home for unnew outdoor gear and apparel. You know, you have that jacket, pack or tent that's been left out of your past few adventures. Why not load it all in a box and let Gear Trade sell it for you? Heck, they'll even send you a box and a free shipping label. It's that easy to get cash money for all the stuff you're not using. Head to GearTrade.com and click on the Sell Your Gear tab to learn more. GearTrade.com. Okay, it's time. It's time. Tales from the Trail. <laughs> so we got a few minutes left. Uh, last part of the pod today is our new segment, Tales from the Trail, where we go over what we've been up to in order to maintain our outdoorsy street cred. The first iteration of the trail, uh, Tales from the Trail, was so well received that we already have a segment sponsor. Thank you, Gear Trade. One quick follow-up on our Apple conversation is apparently I sent you a link that there, there are way fewer pre-orders going in. Did you see that this week? That there's actually like... They're only ordering like they were gonna. They forecasted like a million Apple Vision Pros, oh, and now the it's Vision like, Pros. I did yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, people listen there. People, yeah, listen. that's optimistic for, from your point of view. Good. It makes me feel good. It does. Yeah. What's uh? What have you been up to this week? What's your what's what are your tales from the trail? Uh, well, I this last weekend was my first uh, solo dad. So that's well, right. really make much sense. My first solo trip. I usually go on I don't know ten or so of these like in the summer, like you know a couple nights. To my favorite spot, which is just, it's just so freaking rad. I, I, there's a spot I like to go that's uh, it's dispersed camping. It's kind of on the east side of the Sierra, but the very northern part of what most people think of as like the east side of the Sierra. Um, yeah, it's north, of, just north of Yosemite, and it was just like it was the Fourth of July weekend. I didn't really know what to expect, but it's just such a glorious feeling. If you have like if you have like a like a like a dispersed camp spot that you always go back to, that's like that you feel like is yours. You never mm-hmm. really you know and like this this to get to this one, you have to like. You need you kind of need four wheel drive and 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 you like kind of go under a little pass of trees before you can really see if there's going to be anybody there and I never know what to expect and like this this time I I I pull in the first spot you can camp at which I've camped at before there's like a big trailer and a big truck I'm like oh shit you know but then like that was it and there's space for a bunch more people and then I keep you know kind of bouncing down the trail and then kind of come under my little tree canopy and pop out and sure enough there's my spot and I'm just like ah oh, that's just the best feeling in the world especially did when you it's... discover this spot or did someone show it to you oh no I found it I mean it's nice. like that's just the beauty of that's the beauty of like that part of the of the mountains like the, the west side it's harder to do that but you can uh, but the east side you just nestle right up into the steep part of the mountains and there's just nothing but fire roads you know and so awesome 
that's the only time my truck gets to do truck stuff. And it was just, it was just, <laughs> I love it. I had to use four low to get to my spot this time. Cause there's just so much snow still at like 9,000 feet. Um, and like all the rivers that I, I like to fly fish were, I couldn't fish them. There's just way too much like water. Mm. But uh, it's fine. I, I, you know, went to a new spot, went down to the June Lake Loop. I've never really been down there, just north of Mammoth. That was cool. Good trip, man. Really good trip. Flip right on, up. right on. Yeah. Summertime's here officially. You were, and you wear your bread, you wear your bedrocks, you're back in. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, like, that's the like, serious shit, you know, some serious stuff. I got to like hike over actual granite where if I fell, it would be bad, you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah, so I was bedrocked. I was all bedrocked up. Well, for me, uh, I want to announce uh, surf season has arrived for me. A lot of people, if you hear about surfing in Southern California, everyone says at the wintertime, you get these, you know, the swells that come in the winter. And I say, nay, I wait till it's dumpy and one to two feet and Fine. and really fun. I had the best surfing I've done in a year in the last like the last week, just getting out. And I just realized it's truly about the speed and like. And I want to I want to write about this or do a podcast about this for anybody who's considering surfing or has tried surfing later in life, because and I don't even know if you think about this anymore as much as you've surfed. But like it's that it's not you know, it's not even like the the pitch of the wave, whatever, to how fast can you like get up and then get into the wave? And if, the, if there was less energy in the wave, you have a lot more time. And all of a sudden, just this past week, it's just kind of hit that sweet spot for my shitty level of surfing. And it's been awesome. It's been so much fun. So, so like the, the 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 relative. So do you like it when you don't have much time to get to your feet and kind of lock in, or do you prefer when you have a bunch of time to kind of think about what you're doing? It's okay. So it's weird because I'm at this weird spot where because typically if you if I the more time I have, it's it's probably the better, right? Yeah, so, yeah. um, however, then you know the waves are way less consistent, and especially if you're at a beach break and you can just be in like one spot, and all of a sudden the waves start breaking somewhere else, and you go over there, and now they're breaking where you were, and that whole deal. So, you know, just again, it, but then the, but then the beauty of that is it just teaches me patience, which I don't have anyway. So. It's so cute to hear this sort of talk. It's, it's I just, bet. I bet. So I wanted to tell you. I wanted you to make fun like, of me. Oh, like this is still kind of magical. And like, I'm not fucking enraged that like the peak five feet away is for some reason working and mine isn't. And I'm going to like go break someone's window because of it. Like, because that's what comes eventually. I, but I, remember couple... that. I remember this phase. I do remember this. I, I, I definitely had a few of those, but usually it's like, then I just try to like, Go to the mindset of like, hey, man, I'm out here. I don't have much time. Just enjoy paddle. And then it's like, hey, is a chance to paddle. And, you know, that helps me stay fit or whatever. Right. You know what? that, that was my experience. Like, I was really bummed that the, you know, um, where I like to where I like to camp is right next to the next to the uh, or near the West Walker River, which is like a trophy trout fishery. Mm. Uh, big, big, giant native trout. Uh, really hard, really hard river to fish in general. But um, also like Montana level, like perfection where there's like. Nothing. Oh, wow you can like big swoops with your fly line. Like you're not like all hemmed in. It's like this big twisting um, uh, river in this big wide open meadow. It's absolutely stunning. But like I couldn't fish because it was just like super, super, super. The the cubic flow per second was, was like off the charts. Like there just, it wasn't going to happen. And I was disappointed at first, but then it's like, you know what? I'm just going to like hike around and like find, here's a good, here's a good spot next time. Like this is probably going to be like a good spot. You know, maybe I, I could probably camp here actually. Like maybe, maybe next time I bring myself down to camp here and it, right. it was a wonderful trip, even though I didn't get to do exactly what I, what I wanted to do. So I was kind of in that same, in that same sort of headspace. I think that's a big thing that outdoorsy people struggle with. It's like, you know, I mean, you, I mean, you, on, the most, on the most severe end, it's the people who get like summit fever and go up to a peak when they shouldn't. Right. right. And then, and it's just the, you know, take what's given to you. And, uh, you know, and sometimes I, I, I think I told you, I, I definitely had a surf session recently. I didn't catch a single wave. Uh, some of it was just, I was not in the right headspace and I was screwing up left and right. And then other times, like it just, I just ran out of time. Even I was starting to kind of feel it a little bit, but I sat there and I paddled around and I had time away from my phone and my kids and everything else. And I, <laughs> I thought of like, I had like three podcast ideas. I'm like, well, it was still worth going out. Right. And it's, wow, it's nice. hard to remember that sometimes, but, uh, that, that's that, that I haven't had that for 20 years, but I do remember. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> I can I can go for I can go for a paddle on my stand up paddleboard, yeah, ocean and and have that. But if I'm right. expecting to surf and don't catch waves, I'm so I don't even know how to describe it. If I yeah. like for a surf and didn't catch a wave, like I I don't think I'd come home. I would just walk into the sea. The only other problem lately is I've been riding my gravel bike a lot and I'm looking at my poor mountain bikes. They're kind of collecting dust. I've just been really defaulting to my gravel bike. I just enjoy that thing so much. Uh, but I probably need to get out for a mountain bike ride soon. I haven't, I haven't ridden a bike other than just like around town in weeks. This is, this yeah. is bad. It's bad. Yeah. I just haven't, I'm, 
It's really bad. It's time. It's going to be hot. It's time to get out and ride the bikes. Uh, last thing for me is I got a gear recommendation. I got a new backyard fire pit. Highly recommend. I know you have a oh. fire pit in your backyard. What'd you, What'd you get? Uh, I don't know. I have some landscaping done. They just installed it off of my oh. gas line for my grill. And uh, so it's a, it's a built-in. But I decided, my, a buddy of mine, when we did that trip in Utah, had brought a propane one or whatever. And I know that there's a ton of different options. So highly recommend. Just get the gas fire pit in the backyard. Last night, no, everyone went to bed early for whatever reason. And I, I usually do as well. But I was just up. I sat in the backyard with my, with my dog. It was a little cool yeah. out. Yeah, just listening to a podcast, you know. Great. It doesn't really matter what the source of the flame is. It's just nice to have it. No, it was warm. It felt nice. So yeah. good for you. Do you have a recommendation for a uh, for a kind of a one off the shelf? Oh, like for a for a um, well, yeah. Like if you're gonna go with propane, I really enjoyed the Camp Chef. I, Camp Chef is a great brand, and they okay. they 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 make like my my uh, pellet grills at Camp Chef, but they also make uh, like propane fire pits. Nice. I forget which one ours was. I want to say it was called the Redwood, but that one was fantastic. And it was like soup. It was probably like yours, like lava. This one. The, yeah, the, it's lava stone. Yeah. The one that I had was meant to be taken around with you. So we would actually take it camping because right. you know, sometimes you either can't or don't want to have like a wood fire. And so you could just set this bad boy up and not really worry about it. Um, I mean, you still have to have a permit and stuff like that, but it's small enough where you can take camping, which is nice. Yeah. You got a, uh, any gear recommendations? Anything that you've been using I that you like? I not used anything this trip that was like new to me. I don't know. I mean, I have some new trekking poles, but I haven't really used them enough to like comment on them. Um, I like to, you know, I like to put things through their paces. Um, Hell yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, I do. I forgot I was going to bring it up. Just, I've written about this before, but I'm like, man, get a cot. If you it, like, oh, camp, hell yeah. Camp cots are just the best. Like, I can't believe how long I went without using them. I mean, like, it's funny now. I was just reorganizing my gear shed and I'm like, I have so many sleeping pads. I don't, I mean, unless I go backpacking, I'm never using a sleeping pad again. It is just like I, the first night I just had my cot set up in the bed of my truck. And the second mm -hmm. night I had it next to the fire, but like, it's, it's just the difference is night and day between when you're camping. If you have like a nice thick, mine is a nice thick one. It's the REI kingdom three mm -hmm. and it's, it's thick. It's like three, four inches of foam. So it's, it That's is amazing. Oh, and you can like lounge on it. You can, you can put the back up and just like you're to, like you're to lounge chair at the pool. Oh, no way. And like, and like read. And then when you're done, you just close the book and like un, undo a little latch and you just lay back. It's so comfortable. It's so good. It's the kingdom something. If they, I don't know if they still make it or not. It's, it's a pain in the ass to like transport. It takes a lot of space. So if you don't have a pickup truck, it's kind of hard to bring around with you, but oh my God, it's great. It's what I use. I have a permanent tent set up in the backyard. I don't know if you know this. You do, yeah. It's, all, it's always in there. It's a, it's like, you know, I can sleep in there. I can just chill in there, whatever. So right. uh, I love this damn thing. So get one. Get a cot. Well, if we hear any squealing like a pig from the tent, we'll... Uh... <laughs> He's watching Deliverance again. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> all right, man. We'll see you next week. All right. Have a good one. All right, that's our show for today. What do you think of the movie Deliverance? Do you have a tale from the trail? Drop an email to myrockfight at gmail.com so you can be featured on a future episode of The Rock Fight. We'll be back on Thursday with a brand new episode. I'm Colin True. Thank you so much for listening. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight, LLC.